Greetings from Pandora. Welcome to A Vault Hunter's Guide to the Borderlands, the best Borderlands podcast on the Echo Net. I'm Drew. I'm Jeff. Thanks for joining us today for episode number 12, where today we're discussing the main story of Borderlands 3. But first, just a quick reminder that you can always get in contact with us via Twitter at Vault Hunters Pod or through our email, a vault hunters guide at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can watch us record the podcast live on twitch.tv slash Vault Hunters Guide, or watch the video version on YouTube by searching Vault Hunters Guide at the Borderlands. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you, can, you can do all that stuff, just like he said. Man, so cool. Right? So, yeah. And, uh, yeah, for those of you watching on, uh, on Twitch, uh, welcome. Uh, we will not be participating if you ask any questions, because that's how this format is done. <laughs> so. <laughs> wow harsh for, for, uh, yeah. for, for those people that were uh, listening Drew just uh, gave gave everyone on Twitch the double bird so why not? demonetization here we come we haven't Woo. even been monetized yet but you know I'm sure it'll work out somehow preemptive demonetization <laughs> so uh, anyways Jeff uh-huh. how's Borderlands been going for you Dude, it's been going so good. I've been loving it and just seeing all the new weapons and everything like that. It's interesting because I still feel like the uh, I'm using a lot of manufacturers that I didn't initially think I would be using a lot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like surprisingly, I'm using a lot of TDR stuff and Mm -hmm. I'm using a lot of Atlas stuff as well, personally. And then for pistols, I'm still using Jacobs because that's kind of a standard. But, you know, still. Sure. It's. It's crazy. So. Yeah, true story. Anyway. You and I finally finished our first playthrough since uh, since the last episode. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's mainly what we're going to be talking about today. And uh, that, was, that was a good time. Besides, so besides, so we had our playthroughs that we were doing together. Um, I was doing, first I was doing pet build flack and then I switched to critical hit style flack and then and you were doing zane and i think you pretty much just been using the same basic zane build the whole time right yeah pretty much and then beth was just using um beth was playing as amara and just doing uh the the rush stacks kind of build right yeah yep you know she she usually likes doing the um you know she just usually likes doing any anything that does as much elemental damage as possible so yeah yeah that makes sense so besides that playthrough what other ones do you have going on uh i have my my mo's solo build that our twitch followers uh will know that i've been doing and that's been a ton of fun i've also been doing a solo flack playthrough Mm -hmm. and and um so with Moe's, I've been doing um I've been doing just building around the Iron Bear entirely. So kind of along our, you know, when I get back in my giant mechanical bear, you better watch out build. Yep, yep. <laughs> Although I'm seeing a lot of really good things and I could definitely make uh I think doing the splash damage could easily be a thing too, pretty easily. Yeah, the splash damage build seems cool and so does the the build where you're putting uh, perks, or uh, let's see, there's one specific perk that you just kind of bank on, and you're putting uh, stuff back in your magazine every time you get a critical hit. Yeah, uh, yep. So, yeah, I don't remember what it's called, but I know which one you're talking oh, about. It's in right the bottom. It's in the bottomless mags tree. So, mm-hmm. yeah, 
So now I've been, I've been loving that. I've been liking Moe's a lot more than I thought I would. Um, it's just, and again, to the people that follow me on Twitch, they'll know how often I say this when I'm on there, but it's been super satisfying to play as Moe's. And when you get in there and you just start, you just start lighting, uh, you know, psychos up in iron bear. It's really mm-hmm. satisfying. So, uh, yeah, other it looks, than like, that, it looks doing... like redistribution and, uh, and forge are the main skills in the bottomless mags tree that people are yeah. putting stuff into. So, yep. Yeah. I've also been working on a solo flack playthrough, um, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, that's been a ton of fun as well. I've been doing critical hit stuff and it's been a little bit different than I thought it would just cause trying to get critical hits is it seem, and maybe you can back me up on this. Maybe you're going to challenge it, whatever, but it seems like getting critical hits in borderlands three is, is a lot more difficult than in previous games, significantly more difficult than in previous games. I can, I can absolutely attest to that. Um, mm-hmm. so sorry. Windows is telling me, Hey, we gotta restart an update like, not now wait <laughs> windows no go away <laughs> um can you imagine if i accidentally system. clicked like restart now <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh no <laughs> so anyways yeah it's 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 significantly more difficult than it has been in past games that's why partly part of the way through our playthrough i was like you know what kind of giving up on sniper rifles switching to shotguns at least yeah <laughs> right because so it's it's, like, you just have a way better chance of getting of getting that shot to hit a, a crit spot with a shotgun. So I just made him a bit more tanky and and went with the uh, with the pocket racks to to do a lot of health stealing and stuff like that. So it, it ended up yeah. working out really well. Yeah, I absolutely. felt much more comfortable well, in late game than I did earlier on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know the nice thing is with shotguns if you're still using because I know that that you have kind of a thing for Jacob's stuff, depending on, on what it is and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you haven't been as fond of Jacob's sniper rifles in this one, yeah. but um, Jacob's shotguns, you know, still feel really good and really powerful. And, and I feel like even with that, that's the nice thing is if you're going for crits with that, every time you do, you know, a critical shot with one, then you're going to have a pellet that ricochets off and goes to another enemy. Yeah. My only, so. my only downside with the Jacob's shotguns is that most of them are just one shot and then reload. And, and I like that my patented double shot move where you, you know, shoot them once and launch them into the air and then shoot them again out of the sky. <laughs> like they're a big, you know, big clay like, pigeon like a, full of guts. I was going to say, it's like a big meaty clay pigeon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So my other builds are, uh, I, I played on stream a couple of times I had, uh, I have a, an elemental style Amara build, um, and I have a Moe's, a solo Moe's, and a solo Zane. So Zane, I'm not, I don't know. It's getting, it's getting trickier to play as Zane the, the further I go into the game. Yeah. Um, Moe's seems fine. So does, so does Amara, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I will admit that the, the one that's been the toughest so far has been, has been Zane. Um, because one of the other playthroughs I'm doing, I have I have characters started. Uh, I have one of each character at least started, and uh, I've been playing with Beth sometimes, just her and I. And I've been using Amara, and I've been doing a melee slash shotgun kind of a build, mm-hmm. and that works really really well because she's got that uh, ability where the closer she is to something, the more damage she does. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty sweet. So, 
Yeah. So having shotguns and stuff like that works out really well. And then, you know, I, I and then I got, I got a butt plug as well, so I could do all that <laughs> melee damage. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. My favorite skill of Amara's personally is the, uh, oh, what is it? Oh, infusion. Uh, convert a portion of damage dealt by Amara's weapons into her action skill element. Mm. And you can swap mm-hmm. at, and you can swap out your action skill element whenever you want. So, um, so like I was going down the fist of the elements tree, and one of the, and one of the perks is the uh, or the action skill element is incendiary. But if you just yeah. remove it, then it's shock. So like early on against COV guys with no shields, you know I was using incendiary damage, and then. Later on, as I started to run into Malawan, then I was swapped into. I took the incendiary damage out and went with shock, because just to strip that shield quick. So it was nice. Right. No, it's a good call. I yeah. like it. But anyways, uh, so that's how Borderlands has been going. So let's go ahead and get into the news. The news. So do you want to start off with the uh, with the unfortunate <sighs> news? Yeah, yep, I, I can do that. So this was kind of hard. Uh, neither Drew or I know really how to approach this, so we're just going to be very candid about the situation. Um, several episodes ago, uh, unfortunately, I don't remember which episode it was right offhand. Um, several episodes ago, uh, we mentioned that uh, there was a uh, a fan of the Borderlands franchise. His name was Trevor Eastman. He was... Uh, he was uh, diagnosed with uh, terminal uh, esophageal cancer, I believe it was. That sounds right. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, he was diagnosed with, with cancer, and um, he has unfortunately passed away. It sounds like he passed away on the second. We're recording this on the third. So um, it's a very unfortunate situation. Um, you know, he was only 27, so he was very, very young. That's actually... Um, it's actually very close to, um, you know, mine and Drew's ages. And so we were, you know, it, you know, it hits kind of close to home and everything like that. So, um, it is, it's very unfortunate. We're very glad that he got time to spend with his, his favorite franchise and, and we're happy that he got to experience it a little bit before everyone else did. And we can all, uh, rest assured in the fact that, um, his, that he will get to live on in some form having, um, you know, the special gun that was made for him into the game, the Trevenator, uh, with its special red text saying, Trev is going to get you. So, um, yeah, so I mean, yeah. so we, uh, I was, I gotta say, I saw, I saw the news come across my Twitter feed this morning and it was, and I, I felt like I just, I wanted to say something, but I just didn't know what to say. Cause like, we don't want to make it about us or anything. Like we didn't know Trevor. Um, yeah, we didn't at, know him personally or his family or anything. Right, nothing like that. But just, I I just wanted to take a second to say how cool it was that the Borderlands community like rallied around him to get his story known, so that way he could play the game. Like we weren't, nobody was sure if he was going to make it to the September thirteenth release date, which is why it was such a big deal to get him to be able to play the game ahead of time. And they let him, and and uh, that was just super cool, super cool of Gearbox and and Two K and those guys. Um, so, uh, rest in peace, Trevor. And um, like he, like Jeff said, he's gonna live on, you know, forever. In uh, he's kind of immortalized in uh, in Borderlands Three forever. So yeah. So. Um. So 
moving on, uh, the next item in the news here, we have, uh, it was announced on the 23rd of September, Borderlands 3, fastest selling game in 2K history. Mm-hmm. So the article that we're referencing right now is from Eurogamer. Um, super, super cool news from uh, from 2K, saying that they sold over 5 million copies in the, fi- in the first five days. That doubles the amount that Borderlands 2 sold in its first week, and it makes it the fastest selling game in two- that 2K has ever made. Um, Borderlands franchise as a whole has generated over 1 billion in sales, becoming only the second 2K franchise to do so. Um, that's super, super impressive. I'm so. kind of curious now. I, I'm because I'm sitting there. I'm thinking about it. I'm I'm curious as to what other, what other franchise 2K has that would have been. Uh, I, it's probably you know what I know. They do a lot of sports games. It's probably a sports one. Yeah, I was it's just gonna like, say it's probably NBA 2K. I would guess. You think it's NBA 2K? I think so. Okay. A lot of, Prop your your like if you go on Twitch right now and you look up NBA 2K, like there's a. There's a lot of dudes playing that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so dudes and dudettes, or whatever. And 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 those things in between, dudos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm a... just making stuff up. So anyway, you're, so all vol- you're all just vault hunters to us, all right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true story. All right, so so that's pretty cool. Uh, Jeff, you want to take this next one? Yeah. Okay. So uh, moving right along, uh, Borderlands Three sales not as good as they said. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, according, this is from, (laughs) this is, uh, this is from the gamer, um, the gamer.com. It turns out Borderlands three sales aren't quite as good as 2k said they were. So here's what it says. Uh, it turns out that 2k might've fibbed a bit when they said that Borderlands three sales were the best thing since sliced bread. Uh, 2k games came out with a very impressive press release regarding their latest blockbuster hits. Uh, nobody expected it to be a flop considering the massive untapped market of looter shooter enthusiasts that Anthem failed to grab. Snap! <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit! <laughs> so, uh, let's see. Um, 2K said there were 5 million units of Borderlands 3 sold, in which this is, uh, uh, which is not the same as 5 million units sold. That would be sold through to use retail uh, parlance. Uh, this means there are still copies of Borderlands 3 sitting on shelves out there waiting for homes. So, uh, so what they're so what two K said was they're like yeah five million units sold but they like sold to the retailers, not right. like sold from the shelf to consumers. Right. Not yeah they they were not talking about they were not talking about end users. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, which is just such a such a two K thing to do, you know? It, it is. It's so, one of those things where it's like man. It's like I love this. I love this series so much. Why has it got to be attached to such, you know, an interesting, <laughs> <laughs> interesting publisher? Yeah, yeah. There so, you, go. you know, like I'm not. I'm not going to blow it up or make it sound worse than it is. But it's still just an interesting situation. I'm trying to think of, trying to think of like anything else that's like that. You know, or it's I don't. I don't know. It's kind of like. You know, it's kind of like the whole thing about Nestle where it's like, oh man, Nesquik rocks. It's like the best thing ever. And you like drinking chocolate milk. And then you're like, and then you find out that Nestle also sells this one itty bitty town. That's just like dirt poor their own water back to them. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, that sucks. Yeah. 
I need yeah, I need some chocolate milk to get me through this. <laughs> there's a whole rabbit hole of Nestle shit that we can go through, but that's this is not a uh, a consumer ethics based podcast. So <laughs> yeah, this is this is getting a little into the into the weeds, and the only reason that they're weeds in the first place is because they don't get enough water. Because Nestle, anyway, moving oh! on. <laughs> Snap. So you want to take you want to take the last bit of exciting news, Drew? Yeah. So the last one, uh, several. I mean, most people probably already know, but. Uh, Borderland, uh, let's see, Gearbox is doing a month of Borderlands Rewards because it's the 10-year anniversary of the original Borderlands coming out. Uh, came out yeah. this month. So that's pretty cool. Um, currently, as of this recording, and um, let's see, they're currently doing a boss week. That's active until October 8th at 9 p.m. Or, sorry, 9 a.m. Pacific. Uh, so currently... Uh, there's a bunch of bosses that have increased chances to drop unique legendary items. So I'm going to run through them super quick. The, let's see, Mouthpiece has a chance to drop the Gatling Gun, Gatling Gun, Kilovolt, the Brainstormer, Gigamind, the Nagata, Katagawa Ball uh, drops the Rectifier, Katagawa himself uh, has an increased chance to drop legendary class mods for all Vault, vault Hunters. Sick. Rampager drops Kill of the Wisp. Warden drops Echo, Genevieve drops 10-Gallon, Aurelia drops Creeping Death, Grave Ward drops Ear Maggot, Pain and Terror, uh, also legendary class mods for all Vault Hunters, Troy, the Nova Burner, and Tyrene, the Bitch. So, what we're definitely saying here, and you'll probably understand this if you've played through the game at this point, if you're going for a legendary class mod, definitely go... For Katagawa over Pain and Terror. Oh, yeah. I mean, we'll get into that a little bit more later, but speaking from experience at this point, I'd much rather go after Katagawa. And I'm sure there's going to be those people out there that'll be like, well, uh, actually, Pain and Terror is not that hard if you just do this build and if you just go with that. It's like, yeah, okay, we're talking about, like, you know, just going through the story, but we'll get to that yeah, <laughs> here in we'll a minute. We'll get to that later, right? So, that's, so they're doing the bonus boss loot uh this first week. The second week, which goes from October 8th until the 14th, is what they're calling a rare spawn hunt. We have no other details on any of this other stuff uh, yet, so, you know, we'll keep you posted when that stuff comes out. Week 3, the 15th through the 21st, is Show Me the Iridium. And then week 4, October 22nd to the 28th, is Mayhem on Twitch. And then week 5, October 29th to November 4th, it just says... It's a secret. As I say, Grat. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that means, but whatever. So that's super cool. Get on that loot grind. Um, we're gonna we're gonna find out. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been uh, I was up until we like pretty much all day, and then until just now, I was farming uh, Gigamind. And like I'm I don't know, just for something to do, and I'm to the point to where I can kill him in a minute and five seconds. That's that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, so I had a uh, I'm rocking Moe's, had an electric or had a shock damage SMG, Hyperion SMG. So just light him up with that and then had the um oh, the shotgun that uh mouthpiece drops. Oh, oh the mind um, mind melter? I think so, yeah. Something like that. Anyways, so yeah, if you if you just take that thing and then just so you light you just erase Gigamind's shield and then you just 
run behind him and shoot him in his crit spot with that shotgun, it's, it just wipes him out pretty just quick. Just done so. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's nice. Sometimes I don't Ugh. even have to hop an Iron Bear. Just, <laughs> you know, just that's pretty. That's that's actually pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, I went and respect so that way. And so before, originally I was doing, um, so like this, I'm doing first playthrough with this Moe's character. So I know farming it doesn't make any sense. I just felt like doing it for shits and giggles. Leave me alone. It's my game. Um, so what I was doing was I was, um, I started off building up the Iron Bear stuff first, but then yeah. I was like, man, I'm really struggling to survive outside of Iron Bear. So instead I just respect and I'm, and I'm boosting shield stuff a ton. And then just yep. as soon as like my health hits like half, then I'll hop an iron bear, light yep. up, you know, and then just by the time I'm out, my shield and everything's good to go again and and right. we're good. And if you can't get it in in like two regular cycles and an iron bear cycle, then you're you're doing something wrong. Oh yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so when times. you're doing that then, just at just out of curiosity, what are you using for iron bear like as your as like your two like, Oh, I'm using the uh, the rail things. gun and the bear fist. Dude, I love the bare fist so much. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's so sweet. I, I still do the rocket launcher uh, or the grenade launcher on mm -hmm. the other hand, uh, but I still use the bare fist, especially when you, especially like when you get a crit on just like a standard psycho or something with the bare fist, it's just like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, just explodes. Yep, super satisfying. Uh, so good. Anyway, uh, going into this, if you're sitting here and you're wondering to yourself how we feel about all these different bosses and everything like that, well. Uh, I got good news for you. We're we're gonna tell you all about it. You gonna learn today. <laughs> you you gonna learn today. So first of all, uh, so we're gonna get into this. This is gonna be a very spoiler heavy episode. So for people that have not finished the game, I would recommend. Unfortunately, I wish I wish it didn't have to be this way, but I would probably recommend that if you have not finished the story, you may not want to listen to the rest of this episode. Yep. Like straight up. So, yep. Uh, and as per usual, uh, five, four, three, two, one spoilers. Mine is dead. So is Lilith. <laughs> so now, but man, we called some stuff in that one. And I was really happy. Like we called a couple of things that were really big and we're like, ah, this is probably going to happen. Yeah. And we were totally right about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Feel really good about that. Yeah, so uh, one of the big things that you and I talked about pretty heavily was, um, you know, is that you and I talked about, well, so this was kind of a combination of a couple of episodes that previously that we did. First of all, the whole thing about uh, Tannis being a siren. So, yeah, so that goes not like way, way back, but like goes back to episode something where we did a whole Tannis based episode. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, so we talk about it there. I'm. You know, we may not have even talked about it there. We might have talked about it another time, but I mean, it's... Oh, really? I don't know. I We may have talked about it previously. I don't know. It's hard to keep track of all this at this point. But the point being is that we did talk about Tannis being a siren, and that's cool and everything. And it's like, you know, because we were like, yeah, she's always covered up and this and that and the other thing. And, you know, she has this deep connection to the vault and whatever. The bigger thing that I think was really, really cool, though, is that we talked about her being uh, a playable character... And while that didn't happen, obviously anyone that's played knows that she was not a playable character at any point, but we talked about what her powers would be and stuff like that. And one of the big things we talked about was her doing like a ton of electric damage. Now, to be fair, when we find out that she's a siren, she actually has the powers of angel from borderlands two and technically borderlands one, I guess. But you know, she has the powers of angel and she ends up doing a lot of electric type stuff 
uh, as an NPC in that. So yeah, she's like um, charging keys all over the place and getting into mm-hmm. and making the machine work and stuff like that. And to to be like to be absolutely real about this, like. I went back after we had talked about, like, we're like, yeah, Tannis is always covered up, so maybe she's a siren. In Borderlands 2, actually, you can see part of her arm. Okay. Like, or and, like, part of her chest, too. So, like, chances of her being a siren then were... At was that like, point? I was like, ah, shit. We may have got, like, we got that wrong. But... But we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> right, because she did end up becoming one. So, how that happened... I don't know. Like, I don't, maybe that's a side quest that we missed or something along the way. No, they talked about it a little bit. They they glossed over it pretty quickly. Well, I know that all that all that she said was like she's like it was a complicated process. <laughs> oh, was it? <laughs> Do you <laughs> care to elaborate? Do tell, Tennis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you love to you know spout exposition about everything else, but that they're like fuck. We're not even touching that. <laughs> we're just gonna <laughs> leave that one alone. So. <laughs> Anyways, so, but yeah, oh. so that's cool. Yeah. Tannis is a siren. So we called Tannis as a siren. Yep. The other thing that you called after we started playing and everything like that, do you want to take it for us? Yeah, I didn't, I mean, I don't know if it came up on in the stream that we did or anything, but like, at some point, I, I mean, and, and, and there may be no record of it now, so, but you can back me up on this. I called Tyf, uh, Tyrene and Troy being Typhon de Leon's kids. Oh yeah, I was, absolutely. I was, and, and, and I, but I just did it just based off of a like. I'm like, I don't know, it kind of like this. It's when Tyrene says something about like it's their birthright and all that other bullshit, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, well, maybe they're maybe they're Typhon's kids because you know then you've got Troy, Typhon, and Tyrene. You know the whole tea thing going on. And also, like, why else wouldn't they feel like it? Why else would they feel like it was their birthright? You know? Right. So. <laughs> that's, that's, like, people listening to this now, they're going to get, like, super into the weeds with it. They're like, oh, yeah, no, that makes sense and everything. And, yeah, I remember that part. And that's, and you're like, yeah, and the thing with the T's and all the names. It's like, oh, yeah, Troy and Typhon and Tyrene. And then someone's going to be like, oh, Tannis. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 too much. Too much. You, you, I will say. You, I, you stop it. <laughs> so, like, I had that idea. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I felt really good about that. I totally recanted though when we first met Typhon, and I'm like, nope, never mind. <laughs> He's not their dad. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, and then obviously we played more, and I was like, oh shit, he is their dad. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, so absolutely. So, yeah. Um, so maybe we should, you know, so these those were the kind of the big things that we that we totally called in there. Um. I'm trying to think if there was any any other big stuff. So so let's kind of start at the beginning. We don't want to take up too much time with this, uh, and we are already at uh, almost a half hour. But um, I think we can cover the rest of this. So let's kind of start at the beginning and kind of and kind of go from there. So you start out. It's like any other thing, honestly. You know, you're trying to join up with some other some other vault hunters to just go hunt some vaults and whatever. And, um, you know, you're, you're attacked and everything. So good, solid start, keeping with the theming and keeping to its roots for, for the game. So, um, I feel like that's kind of less of a thing though. Is like as initially after that intro sequence is like, you don't really feel like a vault hunter initially. Cause you're going and you're helping out the crimson Raiders and they're not really doing 
it doesn't feel like they're doing like vault type things right offhand. I guess I don't know. Yeah, that's true. It's more like it's more of like a uh, well, and that's and that's but that's kind of par for the course across the across the spectrum of games, right? Because in the first, so in the first game, you show up, you're there, you know, you I guess in that you are a vault hunter, but then it's like. But then you just end up helping people. Yeah. So like first bandits and everything attack you, you know, um, like sledges bandits attack you and it's, it turns into like a revenge thing, you know, of like, fuck you sledge until you end up getting a piece of the vault key when you kill sledge. Mm. And that's what propels the story further. You're like, oh shit, I actually have a vault key now. So that progresses that part of the storyline. Right. Yeah, but yeah, but the entire time you still have you still have Angel guiding you towards this, and she's like, "Trust me, this will all lead you to a vault." Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I mean, I'm just saying that like it becomes equal parts treasure hunt and revenge on whoever at the time, because later it's like, <laughs> it's are the, you are you are you really about to pull uh you know the treasure the true treasure was the friends we no, made along the way? <laughs> no, no. I'm, the, the the true treasure is the is the revenge that we got on the people that tried to kill us in the first place. Ah, yes, much much better, much healthier. Because <laughs> in the end, you end up taking out Sledge and you take out you know Com- Commandant Steel and all that shit, right? And in the second game, again, you start off hunting a vault, but then Dr- Jack tries to kill you, and you're like, "What a fucking asshole this guy is!" And then you you know, and then you're going after him and looking for a vault. Same thing this time, you know, the Calypsos and the children of the vault try to kill you initially. And so, again, what a bunch of assholes. So you try to kill them and get the vaults at the same time. That's fair, I guess. I'll I'll give you that. So so everything I just said earlier, I take it back. Yeah, good. All (laughs) right, sweet. I win. All right. So, yeah, um, the whole first part on Pandora. You know, everything, everything up to where you leave Pandora, I think is I think is good. It still felt a little. It still felt a little rushed, I feel like, mm. maybe just a little bit, which is weird because like you can spend a long time initially there on Pandora and not go someplace, but it's all side questing, I feel like. Yes, you know? agreed. So it's all side questing and, and this game especially has much more of a thing about completing challenges than the previous games, but mm-hmm. it all leads to stuff. It all leads to loot and gear and everything like that. Sure, so. sure. Yeah, I. Yeah. so before we get further into the storyline, I feel like the whole... The story as a whole is long. This is a long game, which we knew going into it, it and we were hyped, but like <clears throat> at a certain point it did kind of feel like it's like, man, it's it's kind of dragging a little. You know? At certain points it did, yeah. Like I like by the time we got done on I mean, let's just so let's just go to the next section, right? You've got this whole section on Promethea that deals with the corporate war between Atlas and Malawan. And by the time we got off of Promethea, I was done. You know? Yeah. I was mm-hmm. done with Promethea. And I didn't even do most of the side quests and stuff. I think we did, like, I think during that first initial playthrough, I think we did, like, coffee side quest. And maybe another one for, like, killing somebody, and that was about it. That was about it. And it was just... Man, Malawan guys and and the heavies, Jesus! <laughs> I'm so, like, 
got so tired of fighting heavies. Now, I mean, when, I mean, yeah, when, but again, when, this is when all... you're <laughs> when when you're when you're not geared and when you're going through initial playthrough and you're just trying to get through the story, heavies suck. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. So, but now, like with my Moe's playthrough, you know, and I've kind of got it. Even though I'm early on in first playthrough with Moe's, I've got it fairly streamlined and know what I'm doing, and I'm and I'm shooting at the big core thing that they have on their back or whatever and yeah. and I, I generally know what I'm doing but man that first time through oh them and the uh, what are the ones called later when you're going through the market district that the arborists or whatever or arborists oh, yeah 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 arborists yeah, a bunch of dudes. <laughs> the arborist. I'm gonna punch cut, you with a tree. Bunch of guys cut, <laughs> hey, I'm just pruning the tree. Why? He's got a chainsaw. Get him. Uh, <laughs> that, that sounds. Uh, I call dibs on that for the next Magic the Gathering card. So, Mark Rosewater, if you're listening, Elemental Arborist, make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, um, yeah, I mean, so. You end up wrapping up stuff on on um, Pandora. You find out that the vault is on Promethea. Um, so you go to Promethea, and Reese is like, "Yeah, he's like, I've got, I've got piece." Or he's like, "I'll help you find the vault and the vault key and all that stuff." He's like, "You just got to help me take out Malawan. and then that's a whole big thing. There's not even that's any a long thing. Yeah, I mean, it it just really, really is, and um, it was. <sighs> It's fun, like it's it's you know now, but like the first time through, it's it's a slog. So it is, and there there is something that I will say that I think is very interesting because it's not too much of a big deal in Borderlands Two when this happens. So um, in Borderlands One, this doesn't really happen either, and I'll you know I'm just gonna get right into it now because Borderlands 3 is a much longer game for the story than Borderlands 2 is every time you go back to sanctuary uh it gets a little less fantastic and fun every time like the the repeated and the number of times that you have to get back onto sanctuary 3 it starts to grind on you a little bit it does a little bit it's it's a constant like like, all right, cool. Bring me back the vault key piece. Bring me back the vault key piece. All right, come up here and talk to Lilith. And it's like, yep, come up here, talk to Lilith. We're gonna talk to this person on this planet. And then we're gonna go to that planet. Then you're gonna go get a thing. Then you're gonna come back onto the ship. Then you got to go back down to the planet. And then you got to come back up onto the thing. That so now that bugged me. That it bugged me to like have to like leave Promethea, go up to Sanctuary, talk to somebody, just to get sent down to a different section of Promethea. Yeah, it's like this. This kind of this is kind of a pain. Um, yeah. N- now, now again, we know that in Borderlands Two, you do a lot of that as well. Going back to Sanctuary, Sanctuary One, I guess you would technically call it. Yeah. Um, going back to the city of Sanctuary, but it was a very different animal because the story was a lot shorter. Yep. And you know, every time you did it, it wasn't this whole big long drawn out thing. It was just like, come here, give me this. You know. And for whatever reason, I feel like you didn't do it that often in there. Yeah, you know? I agree. Because I there was a couple of times where it was like, so like let's say that when you leave the lair of the Firehawk, right, and you're yeah. supposed to go and you're supposed to go to, um, the the dam, and you're supposed to save Roland, right? 
Or you're yeah. supposed to go to Bloodshot Stronghold, and then you go to Bloodshot Dam, and you save Roland, right? Yeah. When you're leaving, when you're leaving the lair of the Firehawk, do you remember what she says to you? Um, she says, I don't remember right offhand. I, I know it's something about... If you paraphrase Oh, it. yeah, no, no, no. I, I, remember, I remember what... It's not quite at that point, but she says, you might want to, you know, Bloodshot Stronghold is full of some pretty tough characters. You might want to train up a bit. Right, right. exactly. That yeah. has nothing to do with going back to Sanctuary. So, like, you can just go and do whatever, and then go straight to the Bloodshot Stronghold if you want to. Mm-hmm. Now, most of the time, you don't. You go. You do go back to Sanctuary, but that's just to get the missions that she has available for you, like finding finding the Echo Logs, so that way you can take out Bull and farm him for a fastball, you know, or completing the the cult quest, so that way you can get the the Flame of the Firehawk, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to do any of that shit. You can just yeah. go straight to Bloodshot Stronghold. Yeah. So it's kind of like, and may, some of you will get this, some of you will not, I'm sure, but uh, Drew and I have had this conversation many, many times, and he knows exactly where I'm going with this. <laughs> uh, we've had this conversation many, many times uh, about um, talking about uh, the Elder Scrolls games, mm. and that's one of the biggest differences between... Uh, my personal favorite, which is Morrowind or Elder Scrolls Three and uh, Elder Scrolls Five Skyrim, which is still a fantastic game. But the biggest difference in there is that the entire time in Skyrim, they're like, "Oh, you're this guy. You need to go and do this thing. You need to talk to this person. Go warn this person. Go to this. Go talk to the Greybeards." Blah 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 blah, and just snap and right through it. As opposed to Morrowind, you get in there and it's like, "All right, report to this guy." When you report to that guy, he's like, "All right." I need you to go and you need to train for a little bit before you undertake this mission. Go be an adventurer, go join a guild, you know, do a few things before you do that. Once you're ready, come back to me, we'll talk, we'll get some things sorted out. Then we'll go ahead and start what's going on. Yeah, yeah, I, we've, this has been like a pet peeve of yours ever since Morrowind, because like in, it starts well, in no, the, ever since ever since Skyrim, yes. Yeah, yeah, well, you didn't feel that way about Oblivion? Yeah, I did kind of feel yeah. about it that. Anyways, way too, anyways, yeah. the the point is is that like early on it gives you the option of of like roaming around and doing stuff as opposed to you know, you're thrust right into this thing and it's and it's got to happen now. You got to go do this now. You can yeah. if you start in Skyrim, you can you could fuck off for years in that game before <laughs> you even start doing main story stuff. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. If you, but, but and, you have to like avoid it intentionally. You have to like, you're like, no, I'm not doing that, you know. And like, it's. I wish that we had the same option in Borderlands. Like that would be. That would be a lot cooler, you know, to like have entire. An entire. I don't know how do I put it. So like. If it was more open okay, so world like, and gave you look, the look, options, like if to like do. if I go to if I go to if I go to Promethea, right. You have you have side quests, but it's like a quest that has it's like a question with parts A, B, and C. You know, it's not yeah. question three, question four, question five. You know, etc. Like if you like the whole thing for Lorelai, right? You go and you 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 know go do the thing for the whole coffee thing. Like yeah, 
All right, and then afterwards there's the burger thing, I guess, but that's not a it's not a quest line, you know? There's no end goal there. It's like, I want coffee. All right, I'll get you coffee. I want burgers. All right, I'll get you burgers. You know, what is, like, if it was, hey, we need food, and there's going to be some kind of sick reward at the end, that would be different. You know? I Okay, I see what you're saying. And especially, and and look, I'm sure that some of you are just, like, screaming at us right now. We get it. They're different games. We understand that. Oh, yeah. We, I love like, I love both games, but for total, or I love both series, but for completely separate reasons. Right. You know, all, yeah. You know, the, the thing that we're saying is that it would be really nice if, instead of games, like, rushing you around like that, it would be nice if they gave you the option to kind of go and, and do your own thing for a little bit. Which, you know, like Drew said, Borderlands 2 did that to some extent, and... Um, you know, and, um, Borderlands three is more about getting you done with the story, which to be fair, it is a long story. And so that's kind of the way it goes. Yeah. So, yep. Um, moving it, moving it along for brevity at this point. Cause we got, you know, a little crazy there for a bit. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so Athenus. Oh yeah. Fuck. I almost forgot about <laughs> Athenus. Athenus is my favorite planet. Uh, there's only one section, and I really hope that there's DLC that takes you back to Athenus later. Um, yeah. That would be sick. Athenus may be my favorite planet. I agree, and I, and I really hope that it gets, that it gets expanded on. And, and, you know? prob- and it's probably just, honestly, for, like, for the scenery and the vibe, really. Eden 6 is still my favorite planet because of the people. Like, just the some of the shit that the Eden 6 <laughs> civilians and stuff say to you as they're, like, walking around Jacob's Manor is is mm-hmm. hilarious. And I love yep. Wainwright, and I love Hammerlock, and just the whole, I love all the people and everything, but Athenus is my favorite location. Okay, that's fair. So, yeah, no, I totally get what you're saying. And, well, and it's funny, too, because you look at it, and... I have no issue like fighting any of the stuff that's on that's on Athenus, but it's the same Maliwan guys that you've been fighting the entire time on Promethea. But it feels so different. It does. It feels feels <laughs> like a completely different thing. Like it's not even the same guys that you're fighting, even though it literally is. You're still fighting flash troopers and assault troopers and heavies and Maliwan bots. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. I really really love. Yeah, I really love Athenus. It's my favorite planet. The storyline there is cool. The monks. Did you go and do the side quest with the brewery and stuff? Yes. Yeah. How fun is that? And that, that, and that monk is freaking out. You know, mm-hmm. he's like taking a vow of path, path, pacifism and mm-hmm. is asking you to just destroy these rats in the most horrendous ways possible. <laughs> Phenomenal. <laughs> Loved it. It's so good. Well, and mm, man, the shield that you get from that. Oh, buddy. Yeah, dude, that's a sweet <laughs> shield. I think so. Yeah. so. So yeah, Athena's my favorite location. Um, I mean, and really, you're just going there to 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 get Maya, and she has a piece of the vault key there, right? Yeah. And then you leave just to go back, back to, to Promethea. Promethea, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just to go back to Promethea and and take that out. So. I want to take a second here. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Some of y'all are going to be hate-tweeting me 
in a second. And I get it. Ava is not poorly written and is not a bad character. And I've heard a lot of chatter on the internet about how she's the worst, she's so annoying, you know, I don't see why she's in here, it's so stupid, blah, blah, blah. I, 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 so real quick, I know what's coming. Y'all really are going to learn today because Drew's getting to a really good point with this (laughs) and he's going to be able to defend it and you're not going to be ready for it. (laughs) Here's the thing. 13-year-old girls are the fucking worst. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you exactly how old my girls are, but let's just say that the writing for Ava is spot on for a <laughs> moody preteen or early teen girl. And I've seen, like, the, you know, they're like, I've seen, there was one guy who was talking, and he's like, she just, she like, thinks that she knows everything, and she's telling this commander of the Crimson Raiders to do stuff, and I'm like, uh-huh, yep, that's, that's exactly <laughs> right! That's, that's, that's what they do! Like, and thinking back on it, like, it's not, a, dealing with a 13-year-old girl when you're 13 is, is totally different than dealing with them as, as a parent or a role model. I'm telling y'all, it's spot on. Like, they're annoying, (laughs) they think they know everything, they won't shut up, they'll fuck shit up and then blame everything else under the sun. Like, Ava goes in there and definitely gets Maya killed, right? And then tries to blame Lilith and be like, we should be doing something, blah, blah, blah. That's what they do. This is what happens. (laughs) So, like, I... Y'all are totally... You have the, you're absolutely right. She is incredibly annoying and she's dumb and she makes poor decisions and that's all spot on. And the writing for her is perfect. (laughs) All, all I'm going to say about this. So first of all, I think we need to have like, and you think we need to have like a solid, like five minutes every time we do one of these episodes, just for one of your rants. Cause they're amazing every time. <laughs> so, so, I mean, that's, that's just my take on, on Ava. And, um, I also heard some, I heard, I read a rant also. I want to address this quick too. This is not going to be a rant, but I read a rant by a guy who was talking about Lilith and how she wasn't nearly as badass as she has been in the past, which, Agreed, but A, she's not a siren anymore, and B, Roland's dead, and she has lost the vault key and lost Sanctuary for a time. So, she's just kind of, she's not at her best, and she's not suited for a commander-style position. That's not her thing. Her thing is being independent and running around with her friends and, and taking out vault monsters and stuff. So... And I think yeah, that she, and I think that 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 it works out kind of well because she's not she's not a good leader, she's really not, and that's why she's like listening to Ava and you know why she ends up turning turning Sanctuary over to Ava and everything is because she's a poor leader, but she kind of redeems herself in the end by you know making the ultimate sacrifice in order to save you know the galaxy basically because because that's what she knows. 
Right. That's what she knows. She's really good at being a rogue and a renegade on her own. You know, that's kind of the thing. Now, Roland already was a commander previously. Yes. So it's, it's, it's the same type of situation. Like the whole reason, and we'll get into this here in a second too. The whole reason why the B team is successful is because those three work really, really well together. Yeah. But like brick, when he was a leader, he was awful. Like he was just like, oh yeah. By the way, I know that you and I are friends now. I'm still gonna have my, I'm still gonna have my, you know, my guys try and kill you because reasons. Like, right. You know, right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Stuff like that. Brick, terrible know? leader. Like, like ever. It's 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 a matter of knowing your role. Like Roland knew his role was as the leader. Lilith, not so much. She she just kind of had it thrust upon her because who else is gonna do it? Right. Exactly. So. Yeah, moving moving along and and getting into it real quick. The only thing I want to say about the whole Ava situation, and and this is literally all I'm going to say about it, is that some of y'all never played pre sequel and had to listen to Pickle, and it definitely shows. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that fucking little English kid! <laughs> if you if you're someone that has not played the pre sequel, then I encourage you to go and take everything that you have and all your complaints about Ava. And then go play pre-sequel and then come back to me and tell me that I'm not right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm sure that there's going to be one guy out there that's going to be like, oh, fine, I'll play it. I don't care. And then he's going to come back a week later and be like, yeah, no, you were totally right. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yep. So anyway. So, uh, all right. So after Athenas, uh, we go to Promethea. Maya dies. I didn't really anticipate that happening. Um, no, I mean, because she really wasn't in there for that long. No, which kind of. I actually kind of thought that it was probably not a bad idea because it is kind of getting, we're getting a little overloaded with sirens, you know? I mean, for the, for there only being six in the universe at the same time, how the fuck is it that we always know where at least four of them are, you know? Yeah. That's at any given really, time. It seems right. Like. That's really impressive. And, yeah. but also here's, so here's something interesting. Um, Maya dies, right? Troy absorbs her power. So, her power doesn't go to Ava immediately. It goes to Ava later, right? Yeah. She passes her power along to Ava. A, who got Commandant Steele's power after she died in Borderlands 1? Mm-hmm. B, who got Lilith's power at the end of Borderlands 3? I hadn't even considered either one of those. I didn't even think about that. It's hmm. because if it's if it's just like a... If they're somehow in postmortem able to transfer ownership of their siren abilities to whoever they choose, like, is it something that has to be done? Is it something, or are Lilith's siren powers what are you know keeping Elpis from blowing up or whatever you know, or so, from so being used? Even- so I totally see where you're going, but we haven't even considered this. Like Tyreen's also dead now too. Right, right. Tyreen also. And Troy. So, and Troy. Yeah. So because we, lo- we find out that Troy was a siren from the get go as well, because Typhon yeah. says it as as you're like running around and he's like two sirens. What are the odds? And you're like no. What are the odds? Like, <laughs> and what happened? I guess maybe that's the thing is like that was his like one siren power initially was to be able to leech the abilities of other sirens, but he didn't know that just because of what they were doing. And and then eventually he got more. So that's kind of like, that was kind of like his thing, right? It's almost actually like, if you think about it, they almost would have been like, as soon as they found that out, 
right? They would have been better off like, hey, so they don't think that he's a siren at first, right? They're just yeah. like he just leeches power off of Tyreen. Well, yeah. Once you find like he only knows that he can do that because Tyreen's the only other siren siren that he's ever interacted with. But then yeah. we introduce three other goddamn sirens to him, you know? And now he's got all this crazy power. <laughs> four four technically. Like we're just it's they they always get by this and it always kind of pisses me off a little bit, but like the player character siren is never in any danger because reasons. Like, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Funny thing. Like you think about that cutscene just before sanctuary three takes off into the air and Lilith has her power stripped. Like they didn't even know. Like if you're playing as Amara, there's another siren on the other side of that wall. Go get her right. too. Right. Exactly. Dumbass. Uh, then you'd have all these other sick powers available, like the astral projection and everything and, and the phase mm-hmm. grasp and everything else. So, and honestly, they probably could have done something even cooler with that. It's like, hey, guess what? Now you can, like, astral project fists, but you one of your fists is also literally a machine, so you get to astral project, like, you know, machine fists. Right, like, or, like, you're, astral... Or you're, you're equal astral parts Moe's, you're equal parts Moe's and Amara now. It's great. <laughs> right, or if you think, or, like, if you've leached Lilith's powers and Amara's, then your your astral projection is just pure fire. You know? <laughs> Perfect. Just Done. burning everything. Mm-hmm. So that's just some craziness to think about. But anyways, um, so yeah, so then you right. wrap up on, that's that Athena's. completely wraps up Promethea and Athena's. Yeah. And then you move on to Eden 6. How Still, okay, go ahead. I was just going to ask, like, how great is Wainwright Jacobs? I love Wainwright Jacobs. <laughs> he's such a great character. Yeah, he's <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah, I like I like his writing. I like his personality. Wayne Wainwright is he's just a very well-rounded character because he obviously comes from a family where they're very rich and very wealthy obviously and stuff like that, but he's also not afraid to roll up his sleeves and get his hands dirty with a lot of this stuff too. Right. You know. Right. And and I just I just really appreciate him as as a character, I, I I also like the fact that Hammerlock, you know, because they are in a relationship, Hammerlock just refers to him as Winnie all the time. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's so great. good. Uh, his voice actor, David Wald, killed it. Fantastic mm-hmm. job. It, it's one of those things where I really want to know what David Wald sounds like, just what he's talking to every day now, <laughs> though, too. Right. Yep. Understandable. Like. Like, could you just imagine if he was just like, hey, guys, I'm David Wald. How are you doing today? (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Uh, You know, what's funny is if you go and look at uh, BehindTheVoiceActors.com and you go Mm -hmm. to the uh, video game section, currently the uh, top spot on most popular articles uh, this week, you know who it goes to? Is it on David Wald or is is it Colleen Clinkenby? No, it's, it's it's on a specific character in Borderlands 3. Oh, is it on Wainwright Jacobs? It is not. Wainwright Jacobs uh, is, on, is not even in the top ten. Is it on Ava? No. That would be hilarious. No, it's Balex. Is it on Balex? <laughs> it's on uh, uh, Balex. Typhon De Leon is number five. Payne is number six. Uh, Clay is number eight. Zane Flint is number nine. Nice. Yeah. All right. Anyways, so. shout out to you, David Wald. Good. Just <laughs> good on you. Yeah, absolutely. So, although yeah, again, um, 
got a little lengthy on Eden 6. J- just a touch. Didn't feel nearly as bad as on Promethea. Yeah, agreed. So Even though I feel like um, we're actually, I think we're actually on Eden 6 longer. Yeah, so... So here's my thing. So I like how they introduce uh, Brick and Mordecai and uh, Tiny Tina. Mm-hmm. Medium Tina, sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. Um, I really thought they were all going to play a bigger role than they did. Yeah. Um, I kind of wish that they would have addressed that. Again, like we haven't done every single side mission and found every single random echo log and everything, so maybe they do at some point. But I kind of wish that they would have addressed it maybe after after the events of uh, Commander Lilith and the fight for Sanctuary. Brick and Mordecai felt, you know, Brick and Mordecai felt that maybe they knew that Lilith wasn't a great leader, and so they're like, listen, call us if you need us. We're going to kind of bounce and do our own thing, though. You know? Mm-hmm. That would have been reasonable. Yeah. If they'd have just thrown that into, like, the main story, you know, you find out from Wainwright, like, gotta go and break um, Hammerlock, out, Hammerlock. Of, out of jail, and you find out that it's Brick and Mordecai and Tina... You know, Lilith says, like, oh, man, you know, tell them I said, hey, they, uh, you know, haven't seen them in a while. And and then Brick just says something as you're running along, you know, just saying that they were second-guessing Lilith's decisions and stuff and her command style, so they decided to do her own thing, but there's no hard feelings. Yeah. That would have been fine. That's all it needed is just something like that. And then that would totally justify also not seeing them more further on in the game. Because they're not part of the Crimson Raiders. Right. So going along with that, and I and again, this is the whole thing that Drew and I have been talking about, is yeah, they needed to kind of thin the herd a little bit as it were, because there's so many people now, but like really just like just like just zero and Maya, and that's it, like from from two. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, and we and we know that there are echo logs and stuff like that. We get it. We we know that there are. But, man, you know, from from what we've seen, because, again, we haven't done all the side quests and everything. Maybe there's more out there, so don't get at us just yet. But, but man, like, you know, because I feel like I feel like the backstories and, and everything like that for uh, the Vault Hunters from from two were far more interesting than the ones from from one. Yeah, so, agreed. Yeah. So interesting situation. And you guys know me, you know, I've got a soft spot for, for Krieg, so. <laughs> what? <laughs> but, no way. I know, it's hard to believe, isn't it? Surprise! Um, I mean, I guess there is still the opportunity to see them later in, I mean, there's four DLCs coming out. So. <laughs> oh, one, one for each of the rest of them. <laughs> perfect. That would be, that's unlikely, but it would be, it would be cool. Um, I, I. At the very least, I mean, I could hope that maybe there's one where it's where it's all of them. Yeah, that'd be neat. I just, yeah. I would like some, just something, you know, some kind of resolution yeah. on that stuff. And again, like yeah. I said, haven't found every, haven't done every side quest, haven't found every echo log. Where is Zed? We still don't know. Yeah. Yeah, really. So. That's all I gotta say about that. That's, that's, but that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, anyways. um. Then you leave yeah. Eden. So Eden Six, great planet, really fun. 
the wildlife there is more difficult than anything because other, otherwise you're just fighting COV. But like the, um, like just the packs of jabbers and stuff like that, yeah. you know. So and the and the saurians too can get pretty yep. nasty. Yeah. So, although um, I will say that the the biggest issue that I had with Eden Six was uh, honestly just the layout of it because it, it gets kind of confusing sometimes. So you know we did forget an entire section between uh, Promethea and Athenus. There's there's like a whole section of the game on Skywell Twenty Seven. That's still technically on Promethea, isn't it? It's a, it's, just, it's like an asteroid that's off of it. Oh, it it counts. <laughs> it's, Fine, whatever. Low gravity. Man. There was the low gravity there was better than it was in pre sequel. Saying it now. Yeah, absolutely. It was a lot faster. Absolutely, it was a lot faster. So, but the big thing about it is like you know Drew's like oh we forgot about Skywall twenty seven. It's like yeah I wish I could forget about Skywall twenty seven. <laughs> nice. It's it's not it's not a bad area, but like it's so long to get from like A to B on there, you know, and it just takes takes a hot minute. So still a good area. I think I think the nice thing about Skywell twenty seven and what I really liked about it is there there seem to be all kinds of secrets in Skywell twenty seven. Right. So right. it seems really cool and I and I legitimately can't wait to explore the entire area. But when you're just trying to get from one side of it to the other, it gets to be a little bit of a pain. That being said, I am looking forward to doing more stuff on it. So Right. Yeah. So then you leave Eden Six and you go back to Pandora, and then you're doing the stuff. You're doing um, fighting, to, finding more uh, key pieces, and then you gotta save Tannis. And um, <sighs> and you gotta do the whole vehicle battle thing with Carnivora and all that stuff. And it's just man, can we? <sighs> Okay, let's just do it this way. The most difficult boss in first playthrough, for me, Pain and Terror. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Yeah, it's just, you have to be so on your game with everything if you don't... Like, the first time we did that, I mean, we must have wiped, what, probably four or five times at least? Yep. So... And it was to the point to where we were getting frustrated because we were, you know, we're trying to get through everything, but it's just like, man, it was just a pain. And here's the thing. Again, I'm sure it gets better. And now that I know the fight, I have confidence that I could do it a lot easier. Sure. But that first initial time, you have to be so on it and realize what's going on. It's like, all right, now you've got this big blade that you got to jump over or duck under, you know, and you've got these big hammer things and you got to worry about the floor lighting on fire. Oh, okay. You're down. Well, now there's uh now there's a tank over there that you can get a second win off of. Oops. Sorry. Cause you know, pain and terror already killed them. It's like, well, come on. Really? Like, yeah. You know? Yep. To me, pain and terror, the, and the agonizer 3000, uh, 9,000, whatever. 9,000. Yeah. Most difficult boss fight in the game. Um, second most difficult was the rampager. But the Rampager was still fun. Yeah. And then, so. what was that, what's that one that you fight uh, with Maya in the, uh, in our, on Promethea? No, that's the, that's the Rampager. Oh, then what's the one I'm thinking of that you fight on Eden 6? Oh, the big one where it, like, tilts the platform yeah, and yeah. everything Yeah, oh, like Grave that. Ward. Grave Ward, yeah. Yeah, that's, that one to me is second. Rampager's... I... I'd actually, I had more trouble with Rampager than I did with the Destroyer. 
Yeah, you know, I didn't I didn't have that many issues with Grayford actually. I was not too bad on that. And then during the um yeah, during during my first fight with um um with uh Tyreen the Destroyer, I only I only died once there, and that was not that big of a deal. And again, I was not well geared for it or anything like that. So I only had the one issue. So right. I granted I was playing it. I was playing it pretty close to the chest, but still. Yeah, yeah. So, but, yeah, so. Um, How do you feel about uh, Tyree and the Destroyer compared to previous, like, endgame bosses in the Borderlands series? With, like, the, so, compared, compared so to compared the Destroyer, to like, the Warrior, the... I'll think of it. But will you, though? No. <laughs> the traveler you know yep the traveler so uh or wait then, no the traveler is from um tales right i'm thinking of the one from pre-sequel yeah whatever one that one is you know you know that one what it's i mean it it joins with um it joins with zarpadon doesn't it no is how, no how, it's like a multi-faced thing and it's well yeah but isn't zarpadon part of it no oh shows how well i know that story so <laughs> I'm only running a Borderlands podcast, no big deal. Right. So, anyway, I'm I feel bad for pre sequel sometimes. That's sometimes how much we rip on it. Yeah. <laughs> Not today. Right. <laughs> so, anyway, compared to the rest of them, I think it's a very engaging fight. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sentinel. I th- the Imperian Sentinel. Yeah, that's what it is. So I know. I just looked it uh, up. Yeah, I feel. Gee, thanks. <laughs> so, I feel like the. It's a lot more of an engaging fight. There's a lot to keep track of, though, too, in that one. It suffers from a little bit of the same thing as the Pain and Terror fight, but it's not nearly to that level. The biggest thing is. I can see where it would be frustrating because it wouldn't accommodate all play styles, especially ones where you might have to get up close and personal just because of the doing the foot stomps where it sends out the crystal shard type things and other things of that aspect. So overall, I think it was a well done fight. Uh, I could have done with a few less cycles. I'm sure that as I get geared, I'm going to get better at it and everything, but then that was a big complaint. That's been a big complaint throughout most of it is through most of Borderlands three as a whole. Yeah, there's so many immunity cycles for the bosses. It's yeah, ridiculous. It is that's a it's a little excessive. Uh in this mm-hmm. most so if we didn't address this in the notes just or in the news just because it'd be too much, but there's been there's been uh two patches and two hotfixes since uh since the game released. Uh the hotfix that came out today actually, the day of this recording, uh there's a hotfix to reduce the health that Gigamind has and that and uh, Katagawa can no longer regenerate his shield. When... Uh, Katagawa Ball. No. Ka- I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> I think it's I think it's regular Katagawa because as you're fighting his like clones or whatever, he kept on regenerating his shield, and it was just and they were like, yeah, it's pretty much not fair to you to do that because <laughs> right. you just lose okay. all that progress of working on his shield. All um, right. Taking a look here, this was posted nine hours ago from my reading of it. Uh, let's see. 
Vault Hunter adjustments, miscellaneous changes. Uh, adjusted the balance of Gigamind and Kalagawa Ball. Shit. <laughs> also of Billy the Anointed. So Well that's that's uh, fine because Kalagawa Ball was was not as hard for me when we did our playthrough together because like I said, I was at that point I was just doing critical hit um flack, so I was shenanigans, yeah. Yeah, so I was across the map as much as possible. But when I was doing my Zane playthrough, it's a lot trickier because I was running shotguns and stuff. There's a lot of hiding and mm-hmm. stuff. But anyways, when it comes to the right. main bosses and everything, when you look at the end bosses of every game, I feel solid about Tyree and the Destroyer because the original Destroyer is just hide behind these pillars, hope to God you don't get nailed by that eye laser because then you're fucked, and and it's not like that with Tyree and the Destroyer. If you're mobile and you're agile, you can survive and you'll be fine. Right. And yep. same and same with the warrior, you know? Like, as long as you stay moving and you don't, you know, take any lava to the feet, then you're good. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of a, it's honestly kind of a good mix between, between those two boss fights. So, it seems to work out pretty well, I think. Yeah, I agree. Because the Destroyer was, to- the original Destroyer, totally immobile. The Warrior, very mobile. and. Tyreen the Destroyer, you know, fairly mobile and just interesting, and yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, Honestly, once you once you realize what's going on with some of the things that it sends out, the uh, like the crazy laser things are kind of fun to deal with a little bit. A little you're bit, kinda, yeah. It's got like it's got like the twisty laser thing that comes out the twisty laser, and you're like, ooh, gotta get in between <laughs> it, you know? Like, yeah, ooh, dancing the first... around the lasers, and then there's the jump rope part that I like. That's you know, it's like got the barrel of spinning laser things and you got to jump. Yeah. Over. I remember, I remember you like uh, when we first initially saw that. And as soon as it comes out and it starts spinning, Drew's like, Ooh, who remembers double Dutch? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I also like that. It gives you like guaranteed legendaries after that whole thing happens. Yes. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. So yeah, really happy about that. I got some, I got some pretty sick ones. Um, so I got, I remember specifically getting the King's call. Mm-hmm. I got the King's call. I got the firestorm, which I was a little bit upset about cause I'm playing Zane and I literally don't use grenades at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the other one I got was the flacker, which I was super happy about. Oh so. yeah. Quick, quick thing. Beth was running a flacker. Most of our playthrough. Well, not most of it, but I mean for like 10 levels. Yeah. And there was, she fully steered right into it at one point. She was like, do you guys want me to stop using the flacker? Because I know it's really hard to see. And I was like, listen, I love that you are messing everything up with the flacker. But I can't see a goddamn thing when you shoot that. <laughs> it's just and, so many explosions everywhere. And there have been several times where I was... I was down and I was killing a guy or whatever and they'd be almost dead and then all of a sudden it would just be like blah blah and then they'd be dead and be like ah man <laughs> yeah uh yeah in the uh in the chest that you get on sanctuary I got the butcher um oh that crazy assault rifle I don't remember the name of it but it it's like it's like 116 by 10 damage on an assault rifle that's like the slowest thing ever Really wish I could remember yeah. what it is. And then I got that uh, legendary relic 
that does something. Totally don't remember. I dropped the ball on that one. Well, whatever. <laughs> he dropped the Kanagawa ball. Uh, the Reese ball. The Reese ball. <laughs> so, Reese anyway. Sphere. It's hard to say. Reese Sphere. <laughs> so yeah, overall, uh, overall though, um, I feel good about the story. I Going back to a couple episodes ago where we were asking how good does the story need to be, uh, I said it has to be a 4 out of 7. You said it has to be as good as the story from Borderlands 1. I think that it accomplished both of those. Yeah, I would I would say, so going back and revising it now, where would you put it on a scale of 7? I'd st- let me, let me, re- let me, let me rephrase it. Uh, on a scale of one to seven with Tom Hanks being a four. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I would, I would still put it at a four. I mean, it's, it's, it's solid. It's, um, okay. some of the stuff we kind of saw coming, you know, uh, Tyreen and Troy being Typhon's kids. I didn't expect Typhon to still be alive though. And, um, we there was a, there was a premise set in games past where you could see Tannis being a siren, but we didn't know for sure. I mean, it, sure. it wasn't it wasn't the most shocking or surprising game, you know, but but it was solid. It was a solid story. It's a good enough story to for me to want to play this looter shooter over and over and over and over again. You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And not necessarily for the story, but like it's not a bad enough story to where I'm distracted by it, distracted by it, and don't want to play it. Yeah. Now, now, if all of a sudden it, you know, you had woken up and been like, oh, and like it's like, oh, this, this was all a dream that Marcus had, or something. They're like, all right, I'm done. Yeah, My hard stop. Yep, I would have. <laughs> I would. So. Anyways, what if, what if that happens? Like, so seriously, like, what if they decide, hey, this is going to be the last game in the Borderlands franchise, and then they come out and they're like, and literally they are all just like stories. Like, literally, they're all just like stories just that made like, up stories that Marcus says. Yeah, like, like he's like he's a writer or yeah. something like that that he's done, and like, and he's just like, and he lives in Passaic, New Jersey. <laughs> like, Honestly, I think at that point, like if it was the la- if they're like this is the last game that we're doing, and you find that out, I would almost respect that more, be- just because <laughs> that's such a dick move. Be like, right? Be like, oh, it's a dick move. Yeah, but you know the balls on them to pull off that dick move. <laughs> Kudos to you. Good for you. Right. Like that's how I would feel about it. Oh, that's funny. So, anyway, I think uh, I'm good. You got anything else you want us to talk about? No, that's that's about it. I think we're pretty much good on there. So, um, yeah, kind of a little bit different one. We had no notes written up for this one. Very freeform. So um, I would assume what probably probably next episode is when we'll start getting back into the more. We'll get into more technical stuff uh, coming up. You know, we'll be I don't know. I don't have a specific thing that we're doing, but we're going to be getting into builds and we're going to be getting into weapons and. And I was gonna say I want to get into them guns. Yeah, like. for sure, for sure. So we'll get into all that uh, in the future. But I mean, it was just a nice. I, we we kind of had to address the main, you know, the main story of the game first. Yeah. So yeah, we'll get into you know mechanics and and builds and shields and relics and challenges and all kinds of shit uh, going down the road. So. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of content coming out. Oh. uh 
We didn't mention this in the in the news because there's no real news about it, but uh, TK's Bloody Harvest, or not TK's Bloody Harvest, but the <laughs> the Bloody Harvest event is supposed to be happening sometime this month uh, at time of recording, so sometime here in October. We don't know exactly when yet. Look, Just keep your eyes on it. Keep, Just keep your eyes open. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. We'll probably be retweeting info as soon as it's available. So, yeah. I think that brings us to a... Uh, a bit more of a somber going, going gun. Yeah. No, no gun noises today. Um, no gun noises today. So you were kind of heading this up, so I'll let you kind of. So, no surprises. Uh, today on going, going gun, we're gonna talk about the Trevenator. Mm-hmm. Um, the Trevenator is the weapon that was named after Trevor Eastman, Borderlands super fan. Uh, it's a Mal one shotgun in Borderlands 3. It's a legendary. It has cryo, corrosive, incendiary, and radiation damage. And it shoots six elemental orbs. Like, straight out. Um, yeah. Really, really, it's a pretty cool weapon. I'm not, I'm not usually a fan of Molly one weapons in this one, but... Yeah, the charge is... rate on this one is short enough to where it's still good. Right. Um... It's good for medium range stuff. You don't really want to be shooting long range because the orbs do kind of start to, you know, wander off after a while. Like it's not, it's not a perfect yeah. like beam of these orbs. They kind of fan out after a little while. Um, it's got a good fire rate. It's got pretty good handling, um, decent accuracy for a shotgun. It's like, you know, somewhere between like forty and seventy. I want to say depending on parts, obviously. Yeah, um, I mean this. This is all uh, speculative, I guess you could say, just based on the ones that we've seen. You know, that's the mm-hmm. range they kind of fall into. Sure. Um, pretty solid gun. It's it's fun. It's got a unique skin on it. Yeah. Um, the red text on it is "Trev is gonna get you," which is yeah. which is just super cool. I, I from what I understand, Trevor actually wrote that himself. You know, they were like, mm-hmm. "What do you want the red text to say?" And that's what he came up with. And I dig it. Yeah, absolutely. So even if it's not going to be good for a build, I might just carry, I might just carry one of these around on, you know, on, on my, on my vault hunters, just to, just to have it kind of there as a reminder. Yeah. Or like stick it up in your room or, you know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, just, you know, remember guys, we love this game and we love this uh, franchise and everything. Just, you know, don't take this stuff, don't, don't take this kind of stuff for granted. You never know what's out there, so. You know, it's, I know it's, like, it's, I know it's just a video game, but it is so cool that, like, forever, like, for as long as we play Borderlands 3, whenever you and I are playing and if we find a Trevenator, it's that, you know, Trevor is going to come to mind. Mm-hmm. And and his yeah. story and the way that his story rallied the community and mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that's just super cool. Yeah. So yeah, we all we all know that video game fans are some of the most vocal and some of the most passionate out there. But it's that's a no. nice way of putting it. Well, it's not always not always for the better, but it is nice to know that we can all come together for situations like this. So yeah, absolutely. Um, we do want to say a quick um, a quick shout out because this was actually um, this is actually uh, a suggestion from uh, from one of our Twitter followers. So 
uh, to Lecco four zero. Uh, thanks for the thanks for the uh, thought put into that. So that was a really good suggestion. So I uh, appreciate that. So anyway, and uh, you know, again, kind of ending this on a somber note, but you know, uh, it's the way it goes sometimes. So just uh, you know, when you're when you're done listening to this, go hug your loved ones. All right. Yeah. There you go. So. All right. Anyway. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Really appreciate it, and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Good luck and good drops. Bye.